Welcome to the Top Tier Tactics Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, Bud and Nadir, where aspiring champs come to get the latest and most accurate information to become top tier. Let's get on with the episode. Championship week gone. Lots of hearts broken and a lot of years have been salvaged. I'm Natter alongside Bud. How are you currently doing? You know, see, season's pretty much over. You know, um, we'll get some good playoff games c- coming up in the actual NFL playoffs, but uh, fantasy season is pretty much completely done unless you have a Week 17 championship, which you should just quit your league. If you are not a legitimate fantasy football league, if you are a Week 17 uh, championship type of team. Yeah, it's 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 not good. Don't do that. Just don't do it. Uh, yeah, you really should not do that. So, uh, phenomenal year, fun year, successful year, might I add. I mean, of course, with everything going on, I we, we personally, when we talked about this before the season started, we didn't really think this whole season would play out. And uh, surprisingly enough, it did. Of course, we had a setback or two, a little drama here and there. But I have to say, it was a pretty successful year. It was. It was. It was a good year. I think it made it a little more difficult with all the COVID. You know, a, yeah. a lot of players got hurt. More players, I don't think a lot of players got hurt, but main players got hurt very quickly. And then we had COVID issues right before. You had games that changed. It, it threw a little more spice than we were used to. I, I enjoy spice. You yeah. know, we like our spices. We like a lot of spice. Yeah, Throw I mean, a big uh, piece of spice at me. Uh, nice, nice, nice uh, example there. But, of course, this is going to be the award show leading into playoffs after uh, this week. I think we're going to be doing what one weekly, yeah. one weekly episode until we start hitting free agency draft time. Then that, of course, we're going to start ramping it up. I th- yeah, I think uh, we'll we'll do some NFL news, like going to playoffs, matchups, stuff like that, a yeah. little bit. But I mean, NFL draft, baby, prospects. What that's you always need, fun. What you need to do in your dynasty league, uh, the juice. That's that's. I, I think we really shine there because uh, we were right on so many players this year, especially. For rookies, it it's it's what we do. It's what we do. I, you know, I really like that. So, of course, you know, after this week, when actual NFL playoffs start, we'll probably be deep diving those games, breaking down matchups, over and unders, all that good stuff. Uh, but for now, week 17's upon us, and we got a little award show for everybody listening. You guys, of course, we're going to talk about uh, all the fantasy players that came up clutch and uh, kind of threw duds for us throughout the year. Absolutely. Kicker of the week. Kicker of the year. Somebody we said you had to pick up week one. Are we wrong on kickers ever? We're never wrong on kickers. Never. We are. We hold a 16 out of 16 kicker number one list. And Young Hoku was number one on that list. As we said, you should have him. And he produced RB1 numbers. Young Hoku, already touting the coolest name in the NFL, is now the award winner of the coolest name in fantasy sports. And it's not a surprise. It's not a surprise. I mean, a great offense, a team that can't necessarily punch the ball in, equals a lot of kicking opportunities. But what was been go on, go on, uh, go on. What was been special about Young Ho is that he was kicking fifty yarders and kicking and making them consistently which is really where you get those fantasy points that's basically an easy free touchdown out of the kicker position very juicy so let me break this down to all the kicker haters out there okay Okay. let me let me break it down a little bit in standard okay in standard he had 159 points obviously ppr doesn't matter but we'll, we'll get to that tight end position he was over every single tight end other than travis kelsey in standard okay that's one half ppr he was over every single one except darren waller with 202 and travis kelsey with 260 you're literally getting a tight end a top tier tight end at a kicker spot uh i've said this before i'd rather have an elite kicker than an elite tight end you know it and it depends on your platform too so some people of get course. up six points for uh, a 50 yarder. It, it depends on what you're doing, but kickers do matter. Kickers can help. And those three to four extra points will win you games, right? 
it really does. I've lost multiple weeks this year in different leagues because of a missed kick, missed PAT, causing you to lose points and all that good stuff. I want to go over the next one, the clutch gene. You know my favorite one. You know, can you clutch it up when the time comes? My guy, A.J. Brown, he is the clutch gene player because he always came up for you when you needed it most. Against a tough matchup against the Steelers, he takes an 84-yard slant around for a touchdown. You're down a little bit. He hasn't done much all game. Garbage time for the quarter comes around. He scores himself a touchdown to rejuvenate and revitalize his stat line. A.J. Brown has been clutch all year. He's been healthy all year. He's been kind of nicked up. Always had his Thursday sit-outs, but he has been an absolute clutch gene-type player in everybody's fantasy league. Yeah, and he's a monster, and we talked about him last year. We were, I was very high on A.J. AJ Brown mm-hmm. uh, coming out of a rookie and phenomenally well. So my guy is going to be – I mean – we can't talk about clutch gene unless we talk about someone who pretty much won championships for everybody, right? Yeah, that'd be I, true. I mean, it, 53 points, the highest ever for a running back in a game. Alvin Kamara just absolutely destroying it, and that was in standard. I mean, when you're looking at 56.2 in full point PPR, just a monster. Just an absolute monster that won you your championship, and I know... Unfortunately, my sir Nader over here played uh, against Alvin Kamara. Yeah, I did. And it uh, it didn't go well. It did not go very well. I mean, think of it this way. In the top 500 Yahoo leagues, Alvin Kamara is on 42% of those leagues. Yeah, it's it's not a surprise. It's not a surprise. The next highest is Justin Jefferson at 36, yeah. which is also a significantly high number. Just for a reference, A.J. Brown is on 12% of those leagues. Did, did funny we, enough, yeah. funny enough, real quick. Yeah. James Robinson, he's on zero. Really? None of the top 500 Yahoo leagues currently have a share of James Robinson. That's interesting. That is James Robinson murdered it. He really did. I don't know how that had to be. While we were talking about him, you know, uh, before the show started, I was curious, so I looked it up, and uh, he's not on the list. So in the top 50, the top 50 players of the top 50 players in the top 500 Yahoo leagues, none of them own James Robinson. I thought that was super interesting. It's very interesting. Going to the next one. Waiver Wire God. Waiver Wire. Just, I, I, I got to talk about him. Justin Jefferson. We just mentioned him. 36% owned in all of the top 500 Yahoo leagues. And there's a good reason. You picked him up on waivers. You put him in your wide receiver one to two slot, and he came up clutch. Big plays after big plays after big plays. Huge touchdowns, huge yards, highly reliable, clutch player, and he's going to be a high draft pick from years to come. He's going to be a monster for years and years and years. And when we went into our rookie show, we stated he was a very safe rookie pick that had very high potential with a perfect landing spot. He landed in the phenomenal offense to suit his needs. He's exactly Stefan Diggs, maybe even a little bit better. I think he fit. I think he can do Stephon a little Diggs. bit I think he can do a little bit more and he he's got really high potential. Diggs is no slouch obviously. Guys. Oh, of course. Obviously. But they I think they did a very good job and they I don't know if they, you can say they won that trade, but I, I feel like you kind of got to give it to them because they got someone who fit right back in and, mm-hmm. and played phenomenally well. Yeah, uh, That trade worked perfectly for both teams. One of them has a little bit more draft leverage, draft capital, while the Bills, I mean, right now, they're in win-now mode, and they're winning at a very good pace. Uh, just for a reference, actually, you know, Stefan Diggs is owned in 31% of the top 500 Yahoo leagues. Uh, I think that is also a very good statistic, but... Let's go on to yours. James Robinson. It it baffles me that he was in 0% of the league. I, 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 you you know, know, I, I had to control F. I, I tried James. Nothing came up. Robinson, nothing came up. Of course, I did the, both names completely. Nothing came up. It, what can you really say? I mean, he was a waiver wire pickup that literally turned into a top five RB for your team for the league all year and got... 99% of the carries for Jaguars. It, he 
it baffles me he's not more in championships, but he really took that job and ran with it. He's going to be the running back next year. I'm excited to see what they do. Hopefully they get a quarterback, you know, <laughs> number one. Trevor Lawrence. I, so, I, I, w- I would assume. But that offense, they get Trevor Lawrence and they get a, a really good wide receiver that goes with it. That offense could be pretty good if they make all the right decisions. They, they do have a wide receiving core. They got a little bit of a couple young studs there. But I do want to uh, clarify the statistic a little bit. Yeah. So at the top 500 Yahoo leagues, I'm looking at the list of top 50 players. Okay. He's not on the list of top 50. He could be 51 for all I know, but he's not on top 50. So uh, just just a small clarification. He's not on top 50. Oh, players. he's close. He's we close. Don't to the, oh, I, I don't know. He, okay. he could be 51, but okay. he's not in the top 50. For reference, I mean, Ronald Jones is on this list, and he's not. I don't know how that happened, but it is how it happened. Very interesting. Yes. So. Your do-do play. Mark Ingram, with an ADP of fourth round, was probably the biggest disappointment of everybody's year, considering you didn't really want to drop him due to how much draft capital he spent on him, but you couldn't really start him because you knew he wasn't going to get that many carries. You knew he wasn't going to get that many yards. You were hoping for a touchdown, and even then, he would still probably have an under 10 fantasy point yard uh, game. So Mark Ingram has to be on my doo-doo player of the year list. I 100% agree. He only had 63 attempts this year. 63. He was healthy scratches. He was a decent amount. Absolutely. There was only two actually viable games that he actually played. Was week two against Houston, 15 points. This is full point PPR, guys. And then Washington week four, very good Washington team, 10 points, 10.7. Really saved him with a touchdown. He he was useless. He was very useless. He uh, Even though they had J.K. Dobbins, I still thought he would have a significant role in that offense. But... I mean, a little Gus Edwards here, a little DJ, you know, Dobbins there, a little Jam- uh, Lamar Jackson here. All of a sudden, he doesn't have a role anymore. I think he's gone. I'm gonna blatantly say that right there. I don't, I don't know how you're feeling about that, but I, I think it's over with. They still have a Justice Hill yeah. to worry about. They still, of course, are probably gonna draft another RB. For all I know, uh, yeah, I would not be surprised if Mark Ingram is on another team or not even on a team yeah. when it comes to next year. So my guy is going to be A.J. Green. And we always talk about can he be healthy. Well, he, he was healthy all season. He was healthy did, all year. Did he do anything for you? Not really. Not really. He had a couple good games here and there, but it, 47 receptions for him. It was not a good year. It's time for them to move on. T. Higgins is taking that spot. He looks phenomenal. Uh, that offense is going to be pretty good next year. A.J. Green was uh, a very... Very disappointing play for a healthy player. Yeah, when we made the Juju player list, we tried picking somebody who was healthy a majority of the year. Mark Ingram, he did have a a week or two of COVID listing, but for his draft capital that you spent on him, he was definitely one of the more disappointing players. But the comeback kid, a little comeback player of the year, I'm going the baby dropper, Nelson Aguilar. I mean, he, he led... People with he led the Raiders in touchdowns. He led them in yards. He led them in everything. He was everything Henry Ruggs was supposed to be, and he was he was making a killing. I was high on him all year. He's been very reliable, and even in the championship game, he put up a what is it an eighty three yard touchdown, twenty twenty one points. He had twenty one points in standard, twenty five and a half point PPR, I believe, or and. Uh, uh, I can I can check. Okay, thank standard you. was twenty one. Twenty one. Okay, twenty six is full point PPR. Okay, so he's probably oh, yeah. like twenty four then half. So point. yeah, twenty four. Exactly, you nailed so, it. Thank you. I did the math. I mean, Nelson Aguilar. He was touted as a big, huge bust on the Eagles. Comes to the Raiders, and he is a phenomenal wide receiver too in that offense. And you know, Derek Carr, when he likes someone, he zones in on him. And, and that's in. you know, beginning of the season, it was. It took a little while for Cardi to feel comfortable. But after week 11, it's just been all targets, all Aguilar, all baby dropper. 
and he he was killing it. He was he was absolutely killing it, and he looked good. He dropped the ball here and there, but he you know, I mean, it. he's he's a baby dropper. That's he's a baby what, dropper. For that's a what he does. That's what he does. All right, guys. So Adam Thielen is my guy. So hear me out. I know that's, that sounds weird, right? No, no, kind you of. don't think so? a little bit, a little bit. So he actually doubled his production from 2009 or 2020 to 2019. So 30 receptions in 2019, 70 this year, six touchdowns, 2019, 14. He really stepped it up and absolutely played phenomenal. Even with Justin Jefferson on the side and Justin Jefferson obviously produced like a drastic amount. Adam Thielen is definitely my guy for the comeback of the year. Yeah, when you are able to produce with two receivers in one offense are producing wide receiver one numbers, you're doing something right. Somehow, Kirk Cousins isn't necessarily a startable quarterback. I'm not sure how that works, but that is how the cookie crumbles. But th- they have had two monster comeback years, and uh, next year I think they're both going to be uh, forces to overcome. The uh, biggest waste of waivers. Somebody I spent fab on. Somebody I spent a waiver claim on. And uh, it definitely bit me in the butt. Hurt your soul? It hurt my soul. So this one I did, it was Devin Ozingabo when, of course, uh, Fournette got let go. And then Raquel Armstead went on a COVID list. I spent some fab on Devin Ozingabo. And it bit me in the butt considering he just ended up getting put on the IR. James Robinson took the job. And then I kind of held on to Devin Ozingabo. He stayed on my roster, stayed on my R slot, because I thought once once he comes back, he's going to take the reins, right? And uh, that never happened. You would have thought. You would think. You would have definitely thought. And it it didn't work out well. It, it really didn't. So my guy is going to be Joshua Kelly. I'm, the first two games, you really thought there was some potential here. Yeah. Because, I mean, with Eckler still in, he— 12 attempts, 60 yards, touchdown, 23 attempts, 64 yards, 13 points, 12 points. It's pretty good for a rookie. I Respectable. Mean, you know, doing you saw pretty the well. volume. You saw so, some production. So people put some some bids out there. Oh, yeah. Went after him, thought, especially with Eckler being out, uh, this guy could be RB1 potential. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he just, you know, he played you. He played you like a fool. Because you did start him. You did. And you you try you went out for him. We even recommended going out for him. Mm-hmm. That's how much he fooled us and played us like a fiddle. And the, it was just bad. The change was week three against Carolina, his first fumble. And then Tampa Bay, his second fumble. A running back head coach is not gonna deal with that. No. And no. I think that's really what bit him. And then surprisingly enough, Kalen Blosh. If Kalen Balaj is outperforming you, you got an issue. He wasn't playing bad. He's playing real good. He was he was playing real good. So it there was multiple things, but it, it, it had to hurt a little bit. Definitely oh, yeah. had to hurt. Oh yeah. I, I I think that is worse than my Devin Ozingabo pickup. Because there was you saw so much potential there. Yeah. You actually saw it on the field. And then they just rip it away. Uh-huh. They played you. Devin Oz- he never saw the field, so I never put him in like, you know, in my starting lineup. Joshua Kelly was in a starting lineup. He screwed everybody over a couple weeks. Absolutely. Scariest player to go against. Oh, this one. This, this one's this one hurts. Like guys, when you when you when you hit your Yahoo app right, and you hit matchups, you look at the other guys' uh, list and the people you just don't want to see. I mean, I, I I'll start off with Devonte Adams. I don't want to go against Devonte Adams. I don't want to go against Tyreek Hill. I don't want to go against Mahomes. I don't want to go against Kelsey. I don't want to go against anybody in the Chiefs lineup. I don't want to go against Dalvin Cook because when Dalvin Cook carries a ball, it could be a touchdown. You don't know. He could break it. No problem. And it, you're not surprised if he breaks it because he can just do it. Of course, you got to add somebody like Christian McCaffrey on that list. But Tyreek Hill and Devonte Adams, they have to be on the highest list for me of people I just don't want to play against. Yeah, Devontae Adams. I mean, fourteen games, seventeen touchdowns. It's it, it's just scary when you average more than one touchdown a game. Yeah, you know you're on another level. So there's one guy I need to mention here. He he is not only scary to play against. He's just blatantly scary. If I saw him in an alley, I would I would walk the other way. (laughs) Derrick Henry, because he would eat me for breakfast. He would break me in half. Absolutely, because he does it to 
NFL cornerbacks on a regular basis. Am I wrong? No, you're, Am I wrong? you're probably right. So, we, we, 1,777 yards rushing. You know, I had issues with his receiving game. And he really didn't do too much, 31 targets, 19 receptions. But it doesn't matter if you're carrying the ball for almost 2,000 yards. It is monster. He's, he's a big guy, big guy to take down. And we had huge criticism of him going into the year, going into last year of, you know, he stands so upright. How could he stay healthy? How could you survive on just rushes alone? But, I mean, he, he overcomes all that. And you can't injure a guy you can't hit. I think we've learned that. People are so worried. He's the Marshawn Lynch of the NFL now because people are not worried about laying him out. They're just worrying about getting him to the ground. And if you're worrying about that, you can't hit him hard. He's not going to get injured. Speaking of getting someone to the ground, DK Metcalf is another guy I need oh, to talk okay. about. Yeah, that's, that's true. Just – bodying people how big he is he had some crazy games and just he was just putting up points like it's going out of style he was another guy you did not want to play against it, those were the scariest guys for me for sure yeah him and russell wilson they they are a uh, very scary duo and when they put up points together oh god that hurts absolutely so, so the i told yourselves Oh, okay. I told some players that you're like, you know what? I, I just told you so. Everybody doubted me. I told you so. So one of them I got. So a, a quick side note, I got into an argument with a lot of people on some forums. I said, I told everybody, do not take Saquon. He would be a massive bust. Biggest first round bust. I mean, technically I was right for the wrong way. He got injured. I just want a small one. I want to point out. I mean, you could still say it's. A, I mean, he didn't play. He's technically a bust. Yeah, he, you know. What I mean, Michael Thomas. Uh, we were just discussing Michael Thomas on putting him on one of these things because I'm very hard on him. Yeah. I, I expect you to play, and I expect you to be healthy. That is literally your job, and perform out there. Michael Thomas didn't, and then he tried to fight his own teammate. So, you know, I respect that part, though. You you respect the fight in the own teammate? Yeah, I yeah. think he would have lost. Yeah. I, I would. Respect I think he would have lost. Okay, makes sense. You I, know what I mean? I would respect you fighting your own teammate more than fighting the, the opponent. Like, there's a reason for you to hate the opponent. There's no reason for you to hate your teammate. <laughs> Therefore, I respect it more when you hate your teammate. You don't know what happens. Like at work, you hate people. Yeah, but that's just because I'm me. That's different. <laughs> you built different. I'm built. Different. Are you built different? Okay. True. Okay. Okay. So, so Josh Allen is my I told you so, or one of them at least, because. I was arguing we had to discussions. the death. We, we, we had, had a we lot had of debates at the beginning of the year on Josh Allen. Let me, let me get my side here. Okay. okay. If you look at him, he had one game over 300-yard passing. In he, his career. In his career. So the transfer of what he did this year to his past history was completely ridiculous. Not even close to what he was doing. So he made a huge jump this year, mm-hmm. and that was my biggest concern, plus a very hard schedule, and he, he did very well. You know, he killed it. Mm-hmm. There was no statistical evidence to show Josh Allen was going to make that jump this year. Absolutely not. I just knew he would. But was this it, different. But was there anything on the tape? It was like, you know, a little bit here and there, a little, little, little bit here and there. When you work with a quarterback coach and you change up your throwing mechanics, your motion and all that, it, it it's a good sign. He got some weapons. He got <laughs> yeah. some offensive line help. That's what I was about to say. It, it helps when you have Stephon Diggs. Yeah, you know it, it what helps. I mean? The second, the second best wide receiver in the league right now. Uh-huh. And yeah. he, he had a schedule going <laughs> against him. He had the hardest schedule. I mean, he had to go against the Patriots defense twice, Dolphins defense twice, and every other opponent in between from the Steelers to the Chiefs. And I mean, he was phenomenal. And I just want to say I told you so. Uh, I love that. I told you so. Uh, who's your next guy? Or I do you get, want me to go into one of mine? You, you go in. So the bad. All right. So obviously you're doing the good. I'm doing the bad. I, I like to throw a little spice at people. You know what I mean? Uh, CEH. We talked about it before the season. And I talked about it over and over and over again that I was not going to get any shares of Clyde Edwards Hilaire. It just wasn't going to happen. There was no preseason. You know, he's talented, sure. You're you're on the number one offense. Uh, Damian Williams was there at first, and then obviously he was not, so everyone thought CEH was going to be the guy and produced a drastic amount. And I didn't have faith in that. I, I can't risk my first-round pick as a rookie to carry me 
throughout the season when I haven't even seen him play a snap either in preseason or anything at all. And I was right. He was a low-end RB2 and consistently not producing the way you thought he was going to. Only four touchdowns on the year. It, it was very disappointing for, for a lot of people in it. I know someone personally that it literally made them not make playoffs. I I was surprised how disappointing he was. I thought I, he wouldn't be that great. I thought he would do better, for I sure. I thought he would do better. I, I mean, you think touchdown upside, at least. You would think you're on the best offense. You know you're going to get on the goal line. You know you're going to have opportunities. And he did have opportunities. It's not like they didn't give him the ball. He, he got the ball. They would just stuff him on the line. You can't even make arguments that, oh, Lev Bell got there. It, it doesn't matter. It didn't change anything. Lev Bell didn't get there Lev either. Bell didn't do anything anyways. So, it's you need your first couple round picks need to be safe, in my opinion, need to be safer picks that you know who actually can produce. And CH, we just didn't see it. So I wasn't going to risk that and reach in the first round, pick seven or eight, whatever it is, to get a guy like that. Yeah, when, you, when you're taking first round, you got to be sure and know they're going to be staples of your fantasy team. CEH, I, I just didn't feel like he would be one. But I, I didn't think he would be this disappointing with four touchdowns on the year and half of them were against the worst teams in the NFL like the Houston uh, Texans on the first game of the season and after that game I thought you know he would warrant some carries but th they're not even giving him touches you know unless it's just quick dump off passes when you're checking down he wasn't and, that much of a factor and we're not talking like some Adam Gase team here we're talking an Andy Reid very good with running backs coach team you know Brian Westbrook like it, they produce good running backs and produce on a regular basis Damian Williams last year end of the year mm -hmm. won some oh, people yeah. championships you know and Kareem Hunt people yeah. were thinking Kareem Hunt out of him this year and I think we learned he's no Kareem Hunt not and even we also close. learned Kareem Hunt is different because Kareem Hunt is he built different he, he, he's not quite built different he's just a little bit different because right now uh, I mean Kareem Hunt he warranted carries he, he demanded carries. He didn't like, oh, you know, we need to run the ball to keep the defense offense. No, you needed to give Kareem Hunt carries. That's why he got 20 touches a game with the Chiefs, and he was hurdling defenders. He was trucking three guys, pushing the pylon over to the end zone. He was different than CEH. CEH can't do anything Kareem Hunt can do, and uh, it shows that they're just different species. Absolutely. So one of the good ones, of course, I told you so, is Mike Evans. Uh, a lot of people thought Chris Godwin would rank much higher than Mike Evans this year. And uh, I, I was just kind of on that lone boat of, no, Tom Brady likes big physical receivers more than he likes the small shifty ones. And we saw that, you know, with obviously Gronkowski. And I said, hey, Mike Evans is just another Gronkowski. He likes his Scotty Miller, too. He likes Scotty Miller. He, he, he likes those little Scotty Miller. But, yes, he likes his big bodies as well. And, and I agree. That's why I think we had to rank top five. I had him in the top five. I had Godwin, I think, number seven. And I don't think Godwin even gets anywhere near seven at this point of the no, year. No, no. I mean, of course, Godwin has had injuries. He's had pins in his fingers, dislocated hands, all that good stuff, all that, all those injuries. And it was just one after another with Godwin. And he was just an unreliable start at, I mean, the at the end of the year. The bottom line doesn't matter. It doesn't you're, matter. You're right. You're right. Thank you. Right? I'm yeah. just saying. I just want to say, you, you know, know? That when you are a Harry Potter fan like Mike Evans is, and how we know he is, then guess what? You're just going to be better than everybody. He's going to hit him with a, what do they, oh, come on, what's a spell he could use? Like, he could, Levy out, he could say, Akio Ball. Oh, and Akio then, Ball. Tom, Tom Brady throws him the ball. Boom, touchdown. That's Tom Brady doesn't out. even need to throw the ball. It just shoots out just of his hands. Out. I'm going to go to the next guy, and I think you were a fan of him. You can tell me if you're if I'm right or wrong. Okay. Devin Singleton. I was a fan. Okay. I, I wasn't that big of a fan, and my biggest issue was Zach Moss coming in a bigger body running back that can take the red zone away from him. And, you know, I think the Bills team is a lot different than we thought it was going to be. Oh, yeah. They, they, threw, they throw the ball all over the field now. It's not a heavy, heavy run. But Zach Moss had four touchdowns, and Devin Singletary had two. It did happen to the extent, you know, I, I thought it was going to be a little bit more, but Devin Singletary was very, very underwhelming this year and almost one of the higher busts that I could see. It, it just wasn't good. There, there wasn't really any massive games from him. His highest game point was 14, and that was against Denver in week 14. 
And that was because in the final one minute of the game, he happened to break a 60-yard touchdown. I, yeah. Dev, that offense identity just flipped. They Absolutely. went from, you know, wanting to run the ball, get Josh Allen on the play action, to, you know, we're just going to run the ball just because Josh Allen needs a breather. And the, while it was phenomenal for the Josh Allen owners, uh, they were unable to run the ball. Josh Allen was their best running back, and it, obviously their most rushing touchdown scored. And it, it, it was odd to say the least. I did not expect that going into the year. Yeah. I, I did not. I didn't think it was going to be this bad, to be totally honest with you. Yeah. I, I really didn't. I right. thought he, uh, Zach Moss was going to vulture a good amount of touchdowns, which he did. Um, but I did not think... I thought they would be a lot more run-heavy. So I thought Devin Singletary would produce CEH numbers, where you know he might not get the touchdowns, but he was going to get some receptions in between the, the 20s. He was going to get some carries here and there, you know, 5'10 here, reception for five yards there. you know, And then, of course, you build your fantasy point stat line that way, but he didn't get any of that. He really didn't do that much at all. And, you know, with Josh Allen, he was he was a little bit of a check downer. And that Devin Singletary got a lot of touches like that. But, I mean, when Stefan Diggs is running elite routes, I mean, I guess there's no reason to check down. Yeah, absolutely. It's just been, you know, uh, it changes. It changes. It changes. It's just so fast how uh, the league changes. So, marvelously mediocre. <laughs> so people that were just mediocre at best like you know they were startable but not benchable but they weren't elite they weren't must start and I'm gonna go with Juju Smith-Schuster where you know you started him you weren't happy about it but you'd do it he'd get you some fantasy points every once in a while he'd have a pretty good game but he never blew out the waters he never blew you over or really was you were never excited about it it was it hurt a little bit to play Juju sometimes. It, it really did. It, it just, he wasn't, he kind of was what he was last year. Maybe a little better, I guess. Last year, you know? it was different. I mean, he was hurt. He wasn't playing that, that great. They were running, they were actually running the ball. That, with which is happening, yeah. And I mean, it was different. You have Chase Claypool and Deontay yes. Johnson. Deontay Johnson looks very good. Uh, needs to be able to catch the ball. Uh, Claypool makes some big plays. But there's a lot more mouths to feed in this offense. And he, the consistency consistency was not there for me. Uh, he, he would put up fantasy points. He just wouldn't put up anything spectacular, which is why he was marvelously mediocre. Yeah, that negative .5 in the Cincy game, in the semis, really hurt a lot of that teams. That hurt a lot of people. That, that hurt that, a lot of that teams. That did. You know, so there's another guy that probably hurt a lot of teams. And everyone knows him. Zeke Elliott. I don't know. You don't know? Never, Never heard of him? So, first four games, he, he didn't do bad. You know? First five, sorry. He, he didn't do bad. You know, obviously, had Dak scored some points. After that, it was pretty brutal for that Dallas team. Against Arizona, it was 12. Washington was 6. 8. 8. Uh, nine, one good game, 19, two, 13, seven. It's, it's not what you thought when you drafted Zeke in the top five. I mean, I had him ranked two out of running backs. The only silver lining is that at least he was healthy enough to play. Yeah. Considering almost every other first round running back was hurt for a significant amount of time throughout the year. But I mean, injuries to the offensive line, Dak being gone, no holes to run through. He looked a little bit slow. Uh, it looks like COVID hit him. Pretty hard. Uh, Tony Pollard looking a little bit more explosive. It, it wasn't a healthy formula for him, but he, he he was startable. Like He was available. He was healthy. He was startable, but you were just kind of hoping for a touchdown to save a stat line. You, were, you, that, were, you weren't going to get that much. You were sitting there being like, I'm not getting the old Zeke. Like Zeke's not going to win me this game. No, he's you not going to win you any weeks Yeah, from it, this year. Produce a little bit. Cool, I got my points, but someone else needs to step up to try to give me that win this week. Exactly. Marvisily mediocre. Perfect. RKO Award. Watch out, watch out, watch out. Players to watch. Uh, go first. Next year, Miles Gaskin. Ooh. Miles Gaskin. I think he really took control of that starting job over there in, uh, the, of course, the Dolphins. I think with Tua. I think he's going to step up. I think they're going to get some healthy receivers. They had two of them hold out due to COVID. 
and they're going to get them back next year. I think it's going to open up that offense. I think Mike Gusecki is going to step up and be an elite tight end, and this is just going to open up holes for Miles Gaskin to be a phenomenal runner. Watch out for the Miami Dolphins next year. Oh, they're going to be good. I think they're yeah, a hundred percent agree. They're going to be very good. I think uh, in the actual NFL draft, they take a defensive end. I think they take another old lineman. Uh, and I think they're going to be a really good team. Yeah. So Devonte Parker, is he a free agent this year? Do you know? Uh, Once you look that, I do he, not think so. I think he signed a contract last year. Was okay. It? So then Preston Williams, hopefully will come back. He, we did see flashes there, but that team, that defense looks really good. And that team is moving drastically in the right direction. Miles Gaskin is going to uh, profit off of that for sure. And mm-hmm. he looked great. And I, I can't wait until next year. 2023 is how long he is signed. Oh, there. wow. Okay. So then he's good. Yeah, he's he's going to be there for a little bit. Absolutely. So my guy is going to be Antonio Gibson. I, You know, he has shown flashes, and it looks like they want to keep him going and get him in that way and, and just keep feeding him the rock, pretty much. That Washington defense is very good. They're going to pound the rock. They're going to get a young quarterback to – try to get that offense moving, and I think they're going to lean and give Antonio Gibson all the carries next year and, and really just see what he actually can do and see if he's going to be the answer there. Gibson is 100% a guy to watch and stash and have on your team or even as a keeper. I think McKissick is still going to be there. Yeah, McKissick will be there. But I do think he is going to be a phenomenal Running back for years to come. They're going to draft a young rookie, uh, young rookie quarterback. They're going to be a pound the ball type team. Play some defense. You know, grind out and grit out those wins. I mean, he is still going to be uh, McKissick is still going to be on the Redskins next year. So, yep. uh, I mean, he he's always going to have those pass catching opportunities, pass blocking, and some carries. So he yep. might he might vulture he'll, Gibson here and there, but he'll uh, eat into those. Yeah. He definitely will. But Gibson, I mean, he's a big body dude, six two. Mm-hmm. 221, he's going to be the goal line back for sure. I mean, 11 touchdowns this year. For how much he played, that's – I'm not too concerned about it. But, yeah, absolutely. My only knock on Antonio Gibson is that if you look at his stats, if you take out his two games against the Cowboys, he didn't do phenomenally. I think he averaged maybe 40 yards per game. You had Dallas, and then you had – he played good against Baltimore. He had a very good game against Detroit. It's a young guy who didn't have a lot of work at Memphis. He only rushed, I think it was 100 rushes, his college career. His whole college career. So he's going to be a work in progress. But it looks like they want to give him the rock and see what they have. They are a younger team. They have McLaurin. Obviously, they're going to try to figure out who they have at running back. McKissick is obviously going to be that pass option. But I think Gibson is a very good option to break out massively next year. Not just for fun. You're in the draft, fifth round. Miles mm-hmm. Gaskin and Antonio Gibson are there. You need an RB. Which one do you need to go? Granted, I don't think either of them are going to be in the fifth uh, round next I, year. It's, it's going to be interesting. Um, I would probably go Miles Gaskin. Miles Gaskin. I, oh, I would feel a, a little more comfortable with Gaskin probably. All right. As long as... Like they don't draft anybody. There's okay. no free agent, anything like that, because I think Gaskin can get the pass catching work as well as taking the full carry. Standout rookies. Oh, I'm going CD Lamb because he he just told everybody on defense the CD's nuts. <laughs> and he's been phenomenal. Whichever quarterback has been there, he's had some type of rapport and some stat line to make up for it. I did not think he would be this good with so many weapons, so many mouths to feed. Of course, a run-heavy game. I did not think he would have this monster of a year. I didn't even think he would play this much. I didn't. I thought he would be a bench warmer for a majority of the year. I'll be really? honest. Wow. And I mean, I ate those words. I, I I didn't think he was going to be a bench warmer. I definitely thought he was going to be on the outside. I thought they were going to use Gallup in the slot more. But he really showed a lot. And I think the big thing is with the Niners. He got he got lit up multiple times and just kept going. So there's toughness there. It seems like he's very smart. Amari Cooper can run routes very well. So he's going to show CeeDee Lamb. And CeeDee Lamb is a phenomenal talent, and there's there's a lot of things to like with CeeDee Lamb, for yeah. sure. I mean, with Dak Prescott coming back, hopefully they upgrade the offensive line. And, it, I mean, if they continue to struggle running the ball, 
It's just going to give them opportunities after opportunities. We know Amari Cooper is going to be there for a long time. And do we have when would Gallup's contract be over? Do you happen to know that? Let me look that up. I, I can. I, I'll go into T. Higgins right now. Okay. So, so my guy is obviously T. Higgins. He played great. Obviously, you know there is a rapport with Burrow, and when he went out, he still produced to a good extent, and I think he is absolutely taking that role of an A.J. Green. And A.J. Green obviously got phased out, but he was a solid starter all year for you as a wide receiver too. And I, I don't see that stopping. I see him progressing and getting to a thousand yard season next year. Absolutely. And he's a big body receiver who can work well in the red zone. I see high, high potential with him. Michael Gallup will be there in the 2021 season. Mm -hmm. T. Higgins was a guy I was really hoping my Niners would take. Yeah, I wanted them to take a big body receiver, somebody that can go up and grab it. Of course, Brandon Ayuk has been phenomenal and a great little honorable mention on this list. Of course, Mm -hmm. we have to honorable mention Justin Jefferson. Yeah, but because we included him in the waiver wire period, uh, we we felt like we should diversify a little bit in this pick. But T. Higgins has been phenomenal. And uh, I mean, when Joey Burrow comes back, it's only going to get better. When they upgrade the offensive line, it's only going to get better. When Mixon is there, it only get better. I think he has massive touchdown upside in the years coming. Yeah, they just need to fix that offensive line. Once that's there, I think this team might be a, a little bit scary to little, go up against. A little dangerous, for sure. Absolutely. So what's something you learned this year? We'll, we'll end the episode off on that. Something you learned. Something I learned was Adam Gase is a phenomenal coach. No, no. Um, well, I mean, of course he is. I mean, to, to, um, I'm not done yet. Okay. Um, sorry. Uh, Bill Belichick needs Tom Brady. Um, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's trash. No. Um, and um, um, yep, that's all I got for you. Okay. Okay. What do you got? Tom Brady likes kissing people on the lips. <laughs> Adam Gase is. So Lev Le- Le- Bell is the most overrated running back I've ever seen in my life. That's what okay. I. That's one of the biggest things okay. I've learned, and we've argued tooth and nail about how that is wrong. And but hey, I've been proved right. I love how you're, you're like, doing I'm, this hand thing, and I'm it's do- pretty entertaining. I'm doing this hand you motion. look like a child. You're like, I told you, Spelliamus. <laughs> <laughs> so so Lev Bell did nothing. I didn't draft Webb Bell because I didn't think he was going to do anything anyways. But when he got to Kansas City, I still didn't think there was going to be a massive... But he hasn't. He still hasn't looked good. So, I mean, there's there's no... He has not produced. He has not looked good. They gave him a whole workload last year with the Jets, and it, he just hasn't done anything. He just hasn't really done anything at all. Any, Anybody... Oh, so keep on going. So, uh, he, go he is a system back, and he was phenomenal in the Steelers system, has been... Absolute hot mess in any other one. So, on that same topic, okay, James Conner has been a horrible mess. Yes, is, is that because the system changed? Because yeah. it's the same, yeah, it, it's the same exact team. It's the same team. So same I'm head glad coach. You, I'm, I'm glad. Nothing changed. So can you break it? I'm down glad. For I'm us? glad you asked about yes, this. Yes, so, definitely. So, they they actually went over this. The offensive line changed the way they block. So they were at a zone before, correct? Zone, yes, but yes. I mean th- that didn't really change. What changes is their actual uh, mechanics of blocking. Why? So, so you know, we know when you when you want power, right? You know, you push with your legs, kind of like you carry something. You push with your legs. I'm huge, and so you, I mean, you know, I have of course, a lot of power. Yeah, I, know, I can see. Yeah. I can see. I can see. So you push with your legs, and then that's how you get your leverage to you know move a defender to create a hole. They ended up changing the way they do that. They don't. They don't use their legs. They're they're consistently shuffling their legs side to side. So they don't put weight on it. So, you know, if somebody was to fall on you, you don't roll your ankle. You don't, you know, twist it, you know, have your knee lock up. Doesn't seem like it's worked. Well, I mean, they didn't have any offensive line injuries. This uh, yeah, year, but so. there, it, just, it but, hasn't uh, helped the run game. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, if your legs are shuffling, you can't create power and you can't create a hole. So they sacrificed the run game to keep healthy offensive linemen. On to my next question. Okay. Thank you for explaining that thank for you. us. Thank you. Thank you. I, is John uh, James Conner going to be there? No, no, no. Okay, no. and then there's a lot of Benny Snell talk. He really didn't no. produce that much. Do they go out no, or they try to give Benny Snell an option? But Benny Snell is going to be the running back next year. They okay. also have Duger McFarland or whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah, uh, Anthony McFarland, Booger McFarland, whatever you want to call so, him. So I sure. mean, they're not going to go out and get a running back if they're not going to pay Lev Bell. They're not going to pay James Conner. They're not going to pay whatever running back comes into that scheme. Uh, 
it doesn't matter because the way they block, they're not going to block anybody. I mean, you saw Ben Roethlisberger. He they, he rarely went under center anymore. They didn't even use their fullback anymore. Yeah. It's it's a whole a lot of teams are changing it up, and they're definitely. It's not the old Steelers. It's not. I mean, there was defenses. no power running. I mean, the defenses. The defenses. The defense is the old Steelers, but the offense is not the bust. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger went from holding the ball in the pocket the longest to getting it out the absolute quickest. So, I mean, the, the way the offense maneuvers is a whole lot different, and because of that, you just can't run the ball in that system. Yeah. But back to something I learned this year, fantasy-related, is you got to grab your tight ends early. And I think that is something I'm going to be doing a lot next year is grabbing a, an elite quarterback early mm-hmm. and grabbing an elite tight end early. I think if you have a Kelsey, a Kittle, a Darren Waller, your team is significantly stronger. You have an advantage. You have an advantage. I mean, right now, of course, if you got Robert Tunyon and you happen to have him during the 10-game stretch when he had 10 touchdowns, mm-hmm. then, you know, of course, you have some sort of Stability in the tight end position, but if you don't have that, then you just don't have any stability. You're hoping for five fantasy points out of your tight end position. That's it's abysmal. If you have a an elite wide receiver in the tight end position, then you can have waiver wire receivers in the wide receiver positions, and those are always going to give you better fantasy points than the tight end or an elite quarterback. If you have a Kyler Murray in the quarterback position, then you had a significant advantage. If you had a Patrick Mahomes, you had a Lamar Jackson. Even though Lamar Jackson struggled a little bit, but he was still better than 99% of the options in the in the quarterback a, position. A, a rushing quarterback is a drastic increase, especially in a passing four-point uh, four league, for for me at least. That's, that's how I see it. I, I think that is a huge upgrade. And then also, our, I say it all the time, and – Chime in if I'm wrong. RB heavy. I always go RB heavy. So you have a massive amount of depth. Running back was very thin this year. I was I had Mixon and Austin Eckler being out almost all the season. I still was not concerned about my running back position. It helps you drastically. And worst case scenario is you can move that for a top flight wide receiver or a very good wide receiver or a tight end that you need. But yeah, tight end early is a uh, is a great, great comment. When you have Darren Waller or Travis Kelsey, it's a massive upgrade for ev- against everybody else. I mean, Darren Waller and Travis Kelsey were, if I go back to the statistics of the top 500 leagues, he was 25% owned, and then Darren Waller was also 20. Both of them were 25% owned yep. in those leagues. So it is a significant advantage. Kyler Murray is is uh, 17% owned in all those top 500 leagues. So, I mean, having yep. an elite quarterback, I mean, Josh Allen is actually uh, 30% owned. I mean, yeah. Having an elite quarterback gives you a significant advantage having an elite tight end ha- gives you a significant advantage like say you go right and i do want to fully agree yeah. you should go running back heavy mm-hmm. so n- so next year's draft i'm probably going to go running back yeah. if kelsey's there i'm taking kelsey i'll go another running back and then i'm probably going another running back so i went i think four rounds running back in a row i yeah. i don't think i don't think i changed i don't think i got anybody other than that i think i went yeah. four rbs and then quarter, right I'll go the quarterback, bat. and then I'll start grabbing wide receivers. And I'm pretty sure I got Kyler Murray either in the sixth or the fifth or something. Yeah, because um, Stephon Diggs went in the eighth, sixth to eighth round. The, I mean, you, you can get wide receivers later. You can't get running backs later. You can't get a tight end later. I mean, you might be get lucky, and you might get a you know a Mark Andrews later in the draft or a Robert Tunyon that could suffice in the tight end position. But I mean, what's the chances that you're able to do that? Yeah, and I mean it's. It is a preference, uh, but it's worked for me very well. And if you go RB heavy and you draft properly, even with injuries, you should easily make playoffs because you have wiggle room to mess around with a supply and demand. It's the same concept as supply and demand. There's not a lot of running backs that you feel comfortable starting, and there's more wide receivers that can pop up and be great. Robbie Anderson. You know Robbie I mean? Anderson, Deontay Johnson. There, there's, Justin there's a Jefferson, Justin Jefferson, Ayuk, Debo Samuel, CD Lamb, T exactly. Higgins. Like, there's a lot. You have a one, James Robinson. You know what I mean? You have that one shot, and if you're lucky enough to get him and you're aware, then awesome. But you can't bank on that. You need to have some stability at your running back position. So this one's interesting. Okay, 
Curtis Samuels owned in 17% mm-hmm. of those top 500 leagues. Interesting. So 17% Curtis Samuel out of all people. Yeah. He is owned up there. Marvin Jones is 16% owned. Can you can you Will go Devontae? Can you go Devontae Adams? he's up there. I'm sure. Yeah, he's 32% owned. Yeah, uh, he's can you go to T- Michael Thomas? Michael Thomas. Yeah, he's in 0%. Yeah, he's not on this list. Yeah, he won't be anywhere near I, this that's list. That's what I thought. He'll be that's, on the waivers. That's what I thought. C.D. Lamb is 12% owned. Jameson Crowder, Robbie Anderson, like you just mentioned. I, I want to mention something about Crowder. I know you're not a big fan about Crowder. Okay. But if Sam Darnold is the quarterback. He's a, he's a must-have. He's a must-have for your wide receiver three spot and even reach for him a little bit more if you're in a PPR league because he can be massive for your team. He, he will be massive as long as Sam Donald is there. People, you know, like I just mentioned Marvin Jones, Brandon Cooks, Tyler Lockett, Brandon Ayuk. We, of course, we mentioned him earlier, but these are all wide receivers you grab late. Yep. And RBs are so difficult to get. And you just got to grab him whenever you can. David Montgomery somehow is 31%. It's because he murdered it. The he last, murdered it at the last end. four games. Yeah. He, he, he Antonio was, Gibson's 28. Yeah, Dalvin Cook, 28. Yeah, and you, I mean, you can get Gibson and stuff like that. But like Jonathan Taylor, people reached for Jonathan Taylor in the fifth round. And it took a while for him to get there. Remember, you have to win games to make playoffs early in the season. You have to win games early in the season to make playoffs. If you're not there, it it people get yep. rattled. Pe- people start dumping their team. They make bad decisions. Having a whole bunch of running back depth and not reaching for a rookie is a is a good idea in my opinion. Unless there's a top flight Zeke coming out or a Saquon or a Christian McCaffrey coming out as a rookie, which is very rare. And you have leverage. When you have running backs, if you really need a wide receiver, you could deal one and you have the leverage because the chances are your opponent's going to need a running back more than you need a wide receiver. Yeah. And it, it gives you the ability to really win those trades rather than having to somehow, you know, just trade somebody who doesn't necessarily know what they're doing. And at that point, then it, the fantasy league just isn't nearly as fun that way. Yeah. I, th- uh, I think that was good. We nail it on the head. I think anything else to add here? Nah, I think we knocked it out of the park. So obviously next week we're going to be discussing a lot of playoffs and NFL playoffs. But other than that, Bud, do you have a send-off for everybody? We'll see you next week. Um, good luck for watching regular season. I guess you can and watch. And your team, I guess. Hopefully your you know? favorite NFL team makes playoffs, gets a W, and stays healthy. I'm 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 hoping there's some good games this week. There will be. Oh, there's there's a lot of NFL playoff related games going on. All right, guys. Good luck, everybody. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Top Tier Tactics Fantasy Football Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at tttfantasyfootball.com and follow us on Instagram at Top Tier Tactics. If you enjoy the show, be sure to subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, too. 